0: Hey friend, welcome back to the show. I am so excited that you are here today because you get a chance to listen in on another conversation that I have with a fantastic woman of God. So today you get to listen in while I chat with Pastor Bettina Moffett. Just in case you don't know Pastor Moffat, let me introduce you to her. Pastor Bettina Moffett has been in ministry for 24 years. She preached under the late Bishop Ralph Donnie Graves. Currently, Pastor Moffat serves as pastor of Overcoming Deliverance Center located in Greensboro, North Carolina. Overcoming Deliverance was founded by her father, Bishop Charlie Watson, and Lady Brenda Watson in 2014. Pastor Bettina has a long history of church leadership, which includes working with women in ministry. In June 2020... Pastor Moffett published her first book, Raising a Boy into a Man, A Mother's Journey After Divorce. Throughout her life, she has faced many adversities, but through the grace of God, she has made many recoveries. Pastor Moffitt's mission and assignment to overcoming deliverance is to encourage others to find hope and strength through the love of Jesus Christ. She believes that when we seek to do life through Christ and not allow life to do us from our failures, we can also restore one to win one. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am chatting with another mighty woman of God, and that is Pastor Bettina Moffitt. So Pastor Moffat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is great. I'm glad to be here.
1: I'm yeah. so glad
0: to be here. And I'm so glad to have you. <laughs> Will you start us off by just introducing yourself, however you feel led to do so? Okay. Um, my sister said,
1: Pastor Patina Moffat. I have been in ministry now for over 20 years. So I have not been pastoring probably about seven of those years. My dad, when he started the ministry about 10 years ago, I came on as assistant.
0: Okay. And then
1: from there, you know, with elevation and things like that. So um, I've been doing it that long. I have one son and he is 21 and mm-hmm. he is um, my boy. That's why I call him my boy. Uh-huh. And, um, and um that's, that's, that's it. I'm married and, um, and been married now for a little bit over maybe 12 years. Okay. Something like that. Normally men can't remember, right? That's <laughs> terrible. That's okay. I'm so bad about this kind of stuff. That's all right. <laughs> that's quite all right.
0: So you said oh, you've yeah. been in ministry for how long? 20 years?
1: I I did my initial
0: message a little bit over 20 years ago.
1: Okay. Okay. And how did you know that God was calling you to ministry? Well, I I was, um, I got saved at the age of seven. I never will forget. It was a Friday night at a youth revival. Mm -hmm. And um, at the church we went to at the time, we had a male pastor and bishop, God bless his soul. And at that youth revival, he had a woman speaker come in. And I never saw a woman... Preacher moved the way she moved. So, mm-hmm. so I was in and I was thinking, I want her to touch me. I just want her to touch me. That's what that yeah. as a seven year old mind. That's all I was thinking. I just want her to touch me. So, as we got to the end of service, you know, she called an altar call and um, I was ushering with an, another little girl and I was like, I'm gonna get in the line because I want her to touch me. Uh-huh. But the closer I got to her, I remember she was a heavy set lady, but she was tall, she was on the white robe. I started feeling like this um, this heaviness, and I just remember crying uncontrollably. And so when whenever I came to her, she bent down and she asked me, daughter, what do you want God to do for you? Mm. And out of nowhere, I said, I want to be saved. Wow. And, and that night at seven years old, I was filled with the Holy Spirit the same night, and I started speaking in tongues and laying hands and prophesying. So the next going back to school, I made my mama buy me all like skirts and um <laughs> tennis shoes and socks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Cause I'm saying, say, right. Right. But um, but 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 when you say when I knew I was call- when I knew I had a calling, fast forward I was the chap I was a chaplain of the high school gospel choir. And I just it's like I could never get away from ministry, no matter mm-hmm. what I did, I could never get away from it. And then after, you know, people prophesying. And one night I went to, it was a Saturday night. I went to bed. And by this time I'm like 20 um, because I hadn't married my first husband yet. Me and him got married. I I was 21 and I went to bed and I heard the Holy spirit say it's time. And when he said it, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I got up the next morning. I went to my Bishop and I knocked on the door. And I said, Bishop, I need to talk to you. He said, oh, the Holy Spirit already told me it's time for you to do your initial message. with day Wow. You. And I just busted. I started crying. I was like, whatever day you give me. And I just walked yes. out the office. So I think at the age of seven, I knew that I was called because after I got saved, I would have dreams about me preaching and, mm-hmm. and standing before people. And, and so um, at the age of seven, but the Holy Spirit confirmed it more when I was 20
0: wow that's powerful yep. i love that story <laughs> that's so powerful how would you say your calling work or assignment has kind of changed over the years it has changed
1: tremendously okay, okay? Uh-huh. 20 years ago i my, my message was oh you oh you don't oh you want to be saved you don't want to you know i was so harsh mm-hmm. and um and just um just judgmental mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and I just, my my message was was drenched in um, holiness or hell type of, mm-hmm. but then life came, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: so over time, you know, when I got the can't help it while yeah. preaching, when I got the, the desires and all these things waking up in me and I'm like, Lord, now I know what everybody was saying when they was like, I want to stop, but I don't know how to stop. Now yeah. I can't stop, you know, so... Mm-hmm. So my, so my message, I tell people, um, although I, although I was in the church and I've been preaching for so long, I tell her about, it, I really didn't get to know Jesus for myself yeah. until I was in that backsliding state. Yeah. Because before oh, yeah. that, the only version I had of God is what I was fed. Right. Yes. You know? Um, and that's, I, I, I pictured him as this guy with a, with a glass ready to set me on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment, you know, I did something wrong. But I tell everybody it was in that backsliding state, and this is when my this is when my ministry changed and evolved. That I heard him call me while I was under the influence of yeah. the national evangelist, mm-hmm. you know, in the church, and I was under the influence of um, my drink of choice was Hennessy and mm-hmm. Corona, and mm-hmm. um, and and he told me your book is not complete, mm-hmm. and I just remember weeping because I felt like I had aborted everything. That God showed me from the time I was seven years old in ministry. Yeah. And so um and so then, then my message changed and so it evolved because I became more relatable and I began to understand what struggle really looked like.
0: Yeah. And and I
1: tell everybody, I really didn't know Jesus until he met me in that loaded bar place yeah so then i'm like girl and you hugging. i mean you'll hug it out care what you're going through i come mm-hmm. get you from the club mm-hmm. i come get you from the from the bar whatever i got to do we're gonna rock this thing out together yes and so um that's how my ministry changed and i'm so glad that 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 happened to me because it, it just made me really get to know him you know as my personal savior yeah. my own and that's our prayer that you know like my son i say I introduced you to my God, but I need Him to be your God. Yeah. But the thing about it is, He never tell us what that process looks like. Uh huh. You that's know, good. and that's so,
0: really
1: and and so when He became my God, it was in the, the lowest place of my life. You know, so that's yeah. how it changed.
0: Have you been trying to figure out what you're called to do, but you're not quite sure if you're headed in the right direction or if it's all coming together? If so, I want to suggest that you check out my free Discover Your Calling checklist. So inside of the checklist, you will find 10 questions that can help you really figure out how God created you, what direction God is pointing you in, and I think it'll help you to really get some clarity about your particular calling. So all you have to do is check the show notes for the link to that free checklist, and I hope it helps and points you in the right direction. That's so good. I love that you shared that because I think lots of times we feel like, like you were saying, we feel like there has to be this level of perfection or this level of, you know, walking with God has to look like this. But in most cases, people can relate the most like you said when we're honest and open and transparent and say no 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 I've been there this is where I look he had to come drag me out of some things okay (laughs) so you know people are better able to receive when we're honest like that so I love that you shared that that is so good what advice or encouragement would you give to a young woman who's trying to understand what God is calling her to do
1: I would advise her to pray and give herself time yeah you know when I say give yourself time, don't procrastinate. If you feel the call of God in your life, don't procrastinate, but give yourself time to grow into that person. Oh,
0: that's good. Because
1: it's 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 not you know it's it's not going to happen overnight.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, it's it's almost like an evolution. Mm-hmm. So give yourself time to evolve, you know, and and do that um, in prayer and under and under a safe place.
0: Yeah. And I
1: say under a safe place because unfortunately, the body of Christ. We all know, you know, have people that will prostitute, you know, mm-hmm. someone that is young and eager and ready to go, you know, so find you a safe place and, and grow in that place and give yourself time with much prayer mm-hmm. and, and don't try to get rid of everything that's you, you yeah. know, for years I struggled with my personality. Like how God going to use my personality because I always been this, this person this jokester and, and and for uh, the early part of my ministry, I tried to cut that person away.
0: Yeah, you know?
1: and um, and so I asked the Lord, Lord, how do? So then I started saying, Well, Lord, you gave me this, so how we gonna use it? So, so don't try to get rid of you. Let God iron out everything in you that is not gonna be beneficial for where you're going, and He would yes. do that. But, but don't try to alter yourself. Let the Holy Spirit do it in prayer.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And when you said that, it reminded me of a conversation you and I had before when we were talking about sometimes as women preachers in particular, you can feel like, oh, I need to preach like a man or I need to do it like the guys do it or I need to. I loved what you said about that. Can you say a little bit about that? Yes.
1: I know for me, when I first started pastoring, I, I, I did want to be under the stigma
0: mm-hmm. of,
1: um, the woman pastor. And, and unfortunately, the stigma is she's dogmatic, right? Uh-huh. And and she's controlling and she don't like men. She hate men, right? Yeah. So she's man bash, and, and, um, and so I, I didn't want to be under that stigma, but I also felt like in order for me to get invitations, in order for me to be, you know, welcome in a male-dominated field, which is the church, mm-hmm. I had to I, I I had to squall. I had to preach with my legs gacked open. You yes. know, just just things yeah. that, that was just like, oh God, I don't want to look like this. All right, but, but but I went through this thing where I felt like I had to be more masculine than feminine, mm-hmm. and, and, and and then and then I said, well, Lord, I want to be feminine, but then I struggle with moving into my femininity, but also still being stern and being direct.
0: Yeah, while
1: pastoring, you know, while shepherding. Yeah, because you know, um, because a, a, sh- a shepherd, you know, sometimes he has to break the legs of the sheep, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes he has to go after the one that wonder. And so, um, I tell everybody, I thank God for um, Isaac the pastor, um, Dr. Erica, because I, I would say, Girl, you the muscle, because I did not be the muscle, because <laughs> uh-huh. I don't want to find thinking, I'm you know, oh, here come a big black mean preacher, you know, like right, I right. all of this, and I realized it was in my head,
0: yeah, and
1: and and I realized that I had to get rid of what I thought it looked like.
0: That's good. Mm-hmm. And
1: so I had to embrace and I started asking the Lord, what do I look like mm-hmm. You know, from this place? How do you want me to serve from this place? And so um, I, I had to pull all these things down in my mind. I was so busy trying to fit in over here, but trying not to be like this over here until I was missing this person that God was trying to develop because now now i'm moving him off the wheel the potter's yeah. wheel and i'm like i'm a mold myself you know mm-hmm. and i felt lost yes and i felt inadequate and i felt i felt like i didn't know who i was mm-hmm. and and um and i just i just and, and then not to mention my spiritual leader you know um he moved and and i had to go over here and i just felt like i didn't have any identity and i struggled um with that and and then and then the lord through mentorship you know, started telling me that I had a voice and what I had to say was important and, and don't try to, you know, change your delivery, yeah. you know, let God use you. And it's okay because, because you might not look like this person. And for a while I had to get off social media, right?
0: Because yes. now
1: I'm comparing myself to every other woman preacher, Right. you know, and, 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 and that will make you feel inadequate every time, uh-huh.
0: you know, <laughs> definitely.
1: And so I, you know, I had to go through that. And um, so now, you know, I've I've learned. I've God has placed me in a in a in a confident place. Yeah, you know. And every now and then, He'll let me up, you know. <laughs> but then I still I still be like, Who Is my lashes on? You know right, what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yes and
1: i so appreciate that about him you know he let me find that comfortability of who i was yeah with, without me feeling like i'm um, like i wasn't going to be received and mm-hmm. so what so then what happens whenever you do find that comfortability of who you are in him that's when the doors begin to open
0: that's good because mm-hmm. now
1: the people that you're called for begin to come forth
0: yes
1: and that's a blessing because you because i look at my congregation Oh, a so and I be like, girl, I see me and you. I'm like, uh-huh. This is me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if I tried to alter myself, I would never meet me. You know, in the in the church. You know, so mm-hmm.
0: that's mm-hmm. what I love about it. That's so good. I love <laughs> I love all of that. That's so helpful, and I just believe you sharing that is going to free so many people. I really do. Yes. So thank you for sharing that. So many of the women who listen to the show and who are in the called and confident community, they share that they're in a waiting season. They're like, Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I've just been waiting on the Lord forever. I don't know the next step. So Pastor Bettina, have you ever experienced a waiting season? And if so, what did you do about it? Ooh. Yeah. feel <laughs> <laughs> so your preach
1: right there. That was my yeah. preach, right? Yeah. That's my one run. I ain't yes. got no <laughs> oh my god okay first of all when you're in your waiting season sometimes i learned you can't share with everybody
0: okay mm-hmm. yes because
1: um because you know you just some things you have to wait in private you have to yeah. wait to yourself and and as then some people try to project what how they went through their waiting season on you to then try to make you feel bad by why god got you in your waiting season yeah you know what i'm saying yeah so, so i learned that when i am waiting that I get still, Mm -hmm. I get quiet Mm -hmm. because now I want to be so clear that I'm hearing the voice of God. But I also stay, you have to stay busy. Yeah. You know, when you're in your waiting seat and that's that's for your mental health, that's Mm -hmm. for your heart health, that's for your physical health and your growth. So why why are you where are you waiting on a husband? Mm-hmm. Where are you waiting on God to let you know what you' about to do next summer? Whether you waiting on a job to come through, whatever you're waiting on, you you have you have to you gotta you have to be quiet sometimes. Yeah, and the thing about it is God God always give you people you can you know. Give it to. That's same, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but then you have to, you have to be quiet. You have to study to be quiet. You have to keep it to yourself because you don't, you don't, you want to silence every voice. And that's so important that we silence every voice while we're in the waiting season. That's good. And so I had I had to learn how to silence every voice so I could only hear the voice of God. So that means I had to be quiet sometimes when I wanted to share, when I wanted to ask somebody, or when I wanted to mimic what I saw other people do, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do that. I had to be quiet sometimes. And then sometimes the Lord would give me the opportunity to meet somebody or see, and Lord would be like, "Okay, you can you can do that, but you got to stay busy, you know, mm-hmm. because if you don't stay busy, you know, I I, th- I tell everybody all the time." One of the one of the biggest tricks that the enemy play on us is isolation. Yeah, and he'll make you feel like you're the only one on this mm-hmm. island waiting. Everybody else about they beau ass because they've been watching Hallmark yes. Channel. Yeah, and everybody know what love look like. <laughs> yes. Everybody got their teas. Everybody crossing all it. And so the enemy will try to isolate you. And so that's mm-hmm. why I said I had to stay busy, and I had to become active. And in doing that, it allowed me to meet other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That 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 could lead you to put you on the path to your purpose.
0: That's good. So that's the best yes.
1: advice I would give somebody. You're waiting, you know, learn how to be quiet sometimes in that mm-hmm. quiet place. And then be active. Yeah. You know, find something to do. Line you put yourself put yourself out there you know, and Christians hate this word. They think you are a scientist, but put yourself out there in the universe,
0: Mm -hmm. get out there in the world, you know, and stay
1: busy, stay active so that depression and that isolation won't set in.
0: Yes, that's so helpful. So helpful. So Pastor Bettina, I always ask the ladies on the show to fill in the blank and I'm going to ask you to do the same. Okay. If a woman is going to confidently Walk in her calling. She mm-hmm. must blank. Confident walk in her calling. Study. Mm, okay.
1: Study. Study whatever it is that you want to be confident doing. The Bible tells us to study. A workman study to show themselves approved so they will not be ashamed. And I don't bosh up that whole scripture. And I'm a pastor. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. But we have to study to show self approved so we won't be ashamed. Because yeah. if you study, the doors are going to open. The opportunity is going to present itself. And so when you when you get there, you want to be prepared. Yes. And so, you know, in order for you to be confident, you have to study that craft. You know, you have to, um, whatever it is, you have to seek out education. Because when you show up, you want to show up ready, ready mm-hmm. to show out. Yeah. So I would tell anybody, you want to be confident in what you're doing, you know, study it. You know, um, my, my bishop, he will always say, I'm never going to tell you to to move like me. I'm never going to tell you. I'm never going to teach you. But if you study me from afar off, you know, when people, you know, it. it I'll leave an imprint that I'm not intentionally leaving, but your hunger, yeah. you know, went after that. And so yeah, I would encourage yeah. you to study, go to school, look up the information, prepare yourself. I have a t-shirt that says, um, that says your downtime is your prep time.
0: Mm, you know, I like so that. So while you're down,
1: there's time for you to be prepping. Yeah, because that opportunity is going to present itself.
0: Yes, that's great. That's so good. That's so good. So I have enjoyed every bit of this conversation today. Thank you so so much. This is so good. You dropped so many nuggets, so much wisdom, Pastor. Tell the listeners how can they get in contact with you? How can they connect with you? All of the things.
1: Okay, so I'm on I'm on TikTok. I'm okay. on. My mom and dad know not they not too happy about TikTok, you know. Yeah. They, you know, they got bad feelings about TikTok. But uh-huh. I'm on TikTok uh-huh. and your sister, Bettina Moffit. I'm on okay. Instagram, Restore One Win One, which is our slogan for our church. Okay. And I'm also on Facebook, uh, Pastor Bettina Moffit. The Sisterhood is also a women's ministry group that I started years ago, and um, and and when I started, it was just a church-based group, but now we're opening it up to the community, and that's also can be found on Facebook. Or you can swing by 1225 Fork Street in Greensboro, North Carolina, yes. every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And if I'm not preaching, because I don't preach every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, I'll get to see you and we'll connect and you will have a great time. So. Perfect.
0: Yeah, so I'm all over the place, girl. Perfect. I love it. And I'll um, <laughs> link all of that in the show notes so you guys can reach out to Pastor Moffitt and connect with her because that's something that you're definitely going to want to do.
1: Yes. So
0: thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. i I've been so excited. I put it in my little G. I was like, okay, I got my alert. I'm going yeah. be on that yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: I'm glad. I was this so great. And
1: I just want to say thank you again for the opportunity. Of really? course.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate it. And I will connect with you all again in the next episode.